Hi, and welcome to the FVCC Nature Journal, the podcast for everyone who loves nature. We're coming to you from the beautiful campus of Flathead Valley Community College at the foot of the Swan Mountain Range of Northwest Montana. I'm John Fraley, longtime instructor in wildlife conservation here at the college, and I also served 40 years with Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. In the Nature Journal, we focus on the critters and quirks of nature found on the campus, the wide surrounding Flathead Basin, and all across Montana. Our producer is Colin Burkhardt, and he'll join us today, an employee here at the FVCC Library, and thanks to Morgan Ray, the library director, for offering the library as our podcast home. Today we're going to explore the fascinating world of bears. And in Montana, we have two species, the black bear, which is Ursus americanus, and the grizzly bear, Ursus arctus horribilis. And if you live in Montana, you're pretty much going to, for sure, see bears sooner or later, because they're a big part of our habitat and our, our wildlife uh, population. I mean, I'm surprised I've lived here as long as I, I have. Most of my life, and I've never seen one in person. That's incredible. But you have a relative that has a plum tree that has this bear come in and that tell is, us what happened there. That is true. So my, my grandparents, they live out in uh, rural northern Idaho, and uh, they have this one plum tree that's at the edge of their property by the fence line, just at the corner to where the fence connects. And the, they always had this one bear. I can't remember what kind. I want to say black bear. That would show up. And it would, like, try to get the plums off of their, of their course. tree. Of course, yeah. And, you know, they, they don't want the, the bear messing around. And occasionally they'd have to shoo it off. But there was one occasion they told me that their, their little border collie, uh, she managed to show up and uh, scare the bear off. I guess she took it <laughs> by surprise or something. Well, they, you got maybe a bear dog on your hands there, which is one of the things that people use to haze bears. But black bears are really common, and actually they can be seen occasionally in the valley right around here. I remember once my wife saw a little black bear up in a tree in Heron Park. So actually, people are surprised, but you can see grizzlies on rare occasions right in the valley. Fox Farm Road is only about eight miles from where we are here on campus, and there were a, there was a sow and several cubs out there for several weeks one fall. I remember we were trying to move them out of there. Our Fish, Wealth, and Parks uh, bear specialists. So they live much closer to rural residents than they're aware. There's a, a a chart I show my students that has the different satellite locations of this one grizzly bear. And it was all over the valley one summer. McGuinegar Slough, Woody's, Country Store, and no one ever saw it. So it's, it's just amazing how, how they can kind of hide out there. Yeah, you wouldn't think they were that sneaky. <laughs> well, they don't think about it as sneaky. They think about it as using the entire habitat. Because remember, in the past, they would use the valleys, the mountains, oh, yeah. and all in, in every part of their habitat. I mean, and actually, getting around without being seen, though. Yeah, well, they move mostly at night. So, mm. but black bears then can be blonde or black or cinnamon colored, but they don't have any silver tipped hairs. And grizzlies, on the other hand, have silver tipped fur. And that's why they're called silver tips. And that's how they, one of the ways you distinguish them from black bears. And they can range from brown to black to very light colored. Uh, grizzlies, of course, are listed as threatened under the Endangered Species Act. Not, mm. not endangered, but threatened. Uh -huh. And so keeping our uh, cruise going on here through the bear world, they mate in the summer, and the female delays the implantation of the embryo until they, she builds up enough fat in the fall to go into hibernation. That's called delayed implantation. And what they do is they hyper-eat all fall to put on the fat before hibernation, and that's called hyperphagia. So that's what, how bears work oh. physiologically. And they hibernate from five to six months, and the cubs are born in the den during the winter. They're actually born usually in January. Now, size-wise, the grizzly can range up to six or 800 pounds in Montana, and I've seen a few that big in bear traps when I'd worked for Fish, Wildlife, and Parks, and they're scary. They're big. That's a big bear. 
Um, normally, you know, people would think, oh, bears are thousands of pounds, but 600, 800 pounds is a big bear. And while black bears run much smaller, a few hundred pounds is a big black bear. People think of gigantic black bears. There really aren't very many big black bears. Yeah, I mean, trying to think back, uh, it, the black bear that was getting at the plum tree, it was always up on its hind legs to grease over the fence. And it was still <laughs> always pretty tall. It must have been like oh. standing up at... From what the photos I had seen, it looked like it could have been close to six feet on its on its. That, that would be a huge black bear. If but that's maybe the a case. little bit under. Yeah, but we do we do find the bears in from far away in fruit and orchards quite a bit. Black bears or grizzly bears, especially along the east front, out there along the swans and the grizzlies. Then they support this hump. This is massive muscles on their back uh, up by their shoulder that helps them move that big head and use their their. They're massive jaws and uh, massive front legs. So they have this big hump. You can really tell. The black bear, though, lacks a prominent hump. A grizzly has longer claws. You can see them at a distance. They have rounder ears, and they have disc-shaped face, whereas the black has more of a Roman nose. Shorter claws, they curve into the fur. Has point, more pointed ears and no hump, and no silver-tipped appearance to the fur. So even if a black bear is kind of a cinnamon color, it doesn't have that silver-tipped appearance that a grizzly would have, and it's pretty easy to tell them apart. I can only imagine they were named a black bear after someone saw one with black fur. <laughs> and then they realized that this type of bear isn't just to color black. That's right. And Lewis and Clark actually thought <laughs> that the black bear and the cinnamon bears were just distinct species, but they weren't. Oh. But they knew the grizzly was its own species because it chased them every time they saw a grizzly bear. It either chased them or they pursued it. So tell me, is that the, is that the same distinction between a black bear and a brown bear? No, a brown bear, is a, it's in... Um, uh, a coastal situation. A brown bear and grizzly are very close so related. But more like Pacific Northwest? or Yeah, they're like in Alaska and salmon. Think of salmon grounds. Those are mm. the brown bears on the coast. Whereas the inland bears in Alaska are, are grizzly bears. And as I said, in the field, though, it can be hard to tell the two apart. Oh, yeah. And, you know, if you're hunting black bears to get a black bear license, you have to pass an online bear ID test just to get <laughs> your bear license. Because what we don't want is people shooting grizzly bears thinking they're black bears. And that happens off and on. It happens every few years. Seems like something like that happens. Now, mm -hmm. this is important. Both species, they can injure humans. Uh, grizzlies injure a few humans each year in Montana. It can cause an occasional fatality. Like in 2016, a mountain biker was killed by a grizz. Very tragic. Uh, most know the story also of the Night of the Grizzlies in Glacier Park where two young women were killed the same night in 1967 mm -hmm. when no person had been killed in a glacier before that. So it was really strange. But just recently, there was just a few days ago, there was a hunter, two hunters in Wyoming, and they were attacked by a, a sow and two cubs. And they, they ended up killing the sow uh, shooting and killing it, and the one hunter was mauled fairly severely. I guess it's not life-threatening. And then the Wyoming Fish and Game and the Fish and Wildlife Service went back in and euthanized the two cubs because they were part of this whole this whole thing. So it, it happens. I mean, it happens fairly commonly as far as there's usually some sort of a attack, you know, on hunters maybe each year. I remember one year there was five different attacks in the Yellowstone wow. system. And that was the Yellowstone system. So the thing about them is uh, they're really omnivores, though. They don't – people think of them as killing and – and having uh, eating eating meat on animals they preyed upon, but really their diet, for example, in Northwest Montana, both species is mostly plants, insects, carrion, berries, and grasses. Depending on the season, they're not a particularly effective predator, except on very young elk and deer. They they're a carnivore, but they're really not a very uh, effective one. And when bears become accustomed to humans, which is called habituation, then they seek the food of humans and move on from that, and then they can become very dangerous. So if they get a food reward, watch out. And this is called food conditioned, and a bear in this state is very 
dangerous. So when you're out hiking, hiking in the fall here, you really should be aware of your surroundings. Don't travel alone. Carry bear pepper spray. Don't forget it. And I've got a couple of examples of twice that I forgot it and went into a bear. Hmm. So one, I was uh, with Fishwine Parks, I was going into uh, Noisy Creek to take a picture of a small stream for our newsletter. And I looked over at the seat of my band and said, well, it's only 300 yards in that trail. I don't, I, I won't take my bear spray. So I walked in there, got my pictures, walked past that to this other trail joke because I wanted to look around a little, so I was like a third of a mile in. I looked over to my left, and here came a big sow grizzly walking mm. down a, a little kind of a wash or a little <laughs> trainage. And ahead of it was a cub, not a cub of the year, but a yearling. And it was following the yearling. And it looked over and saw me, and it kind of like, yeah. it almost looked like it was trying to decide whether to take me out or follow the cub. And, it, and what it did is it followed the cub. I was looking around for a tree to climb because I didn't have that pepper spray, and it, it solved the problem for me by following the cop. And, and uh, sorry to interrupt your story, yeah, yeah. but when you say yearling, do you mean, what's the difference between that yeah. and... Well, a cub of the year is one that was born in January, and they're really small in mm. July, like when this was in June or July. And so they would be very small. Where a yearling is has been with the, the mother, you know, for over a year. Oh, okay. And then they still stay with the sow for about a year and a half or maybe a little more. So don't forget your pepper spray. Another example on a black bear was I was walking in up Pyramid Pass, again, going into a, a lake to check on some zooplankton and in, insect sampling, a lake we had poisoned out, a brook trout out of. And there was a little black bear on the trail ahead of me, and it was eating cuckleberries along the trail. And it wouldn't get off the trail. And I'd yell at it, and I'd left my pepper spray. I'd forgotten it in, in my van Seems again. Seems to happen to you a lot. I know. This was the two times where I actually forgot it and then saw a bear. <laughs> and this bear would not get off the trail. So I got some rocks, and I went through and hit it with some rocks. And it finally went off the trail because I, I was not going to turn around. I, had, I was about at mile two and about an eight-mile hike. So I mean, but, you could have just gone off trail to go around it. No, yourself, it didn't work because right? it was a steep, steep hillside. Oh, was it like a cliff? It was, no, but it was a, you know, like a side hill trail. And I thought he would just dump right off, which he finally did after I hit him with a couple of rocks. Mm. But you could, you have to just kind of use your judgment on how you wouldn't want to do that with a grizzly bear. That's for sure. I Some, always think that throwing rocks at him would be risky. You may, you make him mad. A little risky, but he, he, he took the, took the hint and got <laughs> off. So um, there's all different kinds of ways to uh, manage bears. You can haze them with rubber bullets, beanbag rounds, close trails if there's like a, a dead carcass on a trail. And then kind of the, the, Last resort, you remove bears by capturing them or euthanizing them if they're actually becoming a danger. And, you know, the future of bear management then, it just lies in this whole thing of social tolerance. How much will humans tolerate to keep high populations of bears? Because right now, we're running out of places to put them. There's really nowhere where there aren't people. You can put one in the middle of Bob Marshall. There's lots of camps there. It's not safe to dump one that's food conditioned in there. And, you know, there are the bear population just keeps growing. There's four times as many grizzlies as when I first started working for Fish, Wildlife, and Parks 30 or more years ago. And in fact, scientists estimate there's about 1,100 grizzly bears in what we call the Northern Continental Divide ecosystem in Montana. So there's more people, habitat is more developed, and this leads to a challenging course to manage those bears. And grizzlies are moving east from the Rocky Mountain front onto those agricultural lands and ranches, and people are having a hard time right. tolerating them because they they're a little worried for the kids going out and getting eggs or their kids going down and fishing in a brushy creek. And so. Bears aren't very known for, like, you know, attacking livestock or anything, are they? Well, they can be. They can be. So that's the question. I'll leave it with that rhetorical question. What will be the future of bears in humans? 
Do you want to talk about a little bit where we are up on, on for podcasts so people oh, yeah. can follow that? So as of now, we are out on pretty much anywhere you could find your podcast. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google, all of them. So if you wanted to go and uh, track us down out there, you can. You can find us on Podchaser and leave a review. We'd really appreciate it. All right. Thanks a lot, Colin. That's all the time we have for this episode of The Nature Journal. Thanks for joining us. I'm John Fraley, and I'll see you next week.